0: A small kingdom in the land of Herul is engulfed by chaos when an army led by Ganon, the Prince of Darkness, invaded and stole the Triforce of Power. In an attempt to prevent him from acquiring the Triforce of Wisdom, Princess Zelda splits it into eight fragments and hides them in secret underground dungeons. Before eventually being kidnapped by Ganon, she commands her nursemaid Impa to find someone courageous enough to save the kingdom. While wandering the land, the old woman is surrounded by Ganon's henchmen, when a young boy named Link appears and rescues her. Upon hearing Impa's plea, he resolves to save Zelda and sets out to reassemble the scattered fragments of the Triforce of Wisdom, with which Ganon can then be defeated. It's dangerous to go alone. Take this. Today we're talking about The Legend of Zelda.
1: Hello and welcome to Drink and Geek Out, a show where we drink beer and geek out. I am your host, a young boy, Saf, and alongside me is
2: Uh, Dustin, a not-so-young boy, but a princess. And alongside me is Keith, and I'm a pig, (laughs) and alongside me is
0: (laughs) Pale,
3: and I'm an evil little man, (laughs) but not really. (laughs)
2: <laughs> it's the first boss, evil little man. Evil <laughs> little man. <laughs> we'll, evil little man wizard, yeah. There you go. All right, today's episode, we're featuring the uh, Vic Secret Yo, which is a hazy pale ale uh, from Indiana City, and the Hop River's Sleepyhead, because you're such a sleepyhead pale. I'm so sleepy.
3: I am. I took so many naps yeah. today.
2: Yeah, and we're talking about, of course, The Legend of Zelda. But before we get into that, what have you guys been drinking or playing lately? Uh, So,
1: Dustin and I kind of have the same one, maybe? Yeah, potentially. We went to the Ales from the Crypt Mm -hmm. at Indiana City about a week ago, and that's when they released about five variants or different barrel aged beers out of their crypt and uh they were re- uh we're selling them and doing a big bottle release or whatever but we just went there to have some samples or some undraft and i've got the coffee vanilla and roulette Ooh. and dustin got the rest of them i think <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh i thought mine was really good it uh, it the vanilla stood out and the coffee not so much. So if I would have suggested anything, is to bump up the coffee next time.
2: Hmm. Right. So so we, I had well, me and Allison we shared uh, the rest of them because I'm not an animal.
1: <laughs>
2: um, I, so I'm not drinking four beers or I guess five, but I only got four. Uh, but the Russian roulette uh, was just basically the bourbon barrel aged Russian imperial uh non variant version. The coffee vanilla. Crush and roulette with of course the lack of coffee um probably could have boosted that up a little bit uh the beast which was their belgian strong dark ale and then the last one was utter annihilation which was their uh, imperial double milk stout
1: i did try that one as well i just yeah. had a little sip of it
2: a little sip yeah it was amazing i think it allison's favorite i think she yeah gave it that one was really good it was uh, spectacular I think that was the first. It was like the first time that I've been to the Ales of the Crypt, and it's one of the like one of the ones that I've like heard about and wanted to go, and just yeah. never had the opportunity to go. It's pretty exciting.
0: Nice. Um, I have not been yet, but I'm looking forward to actually this upcoming Tuesday from day of recording. Uh, Mad Anthony is opening back up for their Mug Club members, and they have a um. The Mug Club Socials, they call them, where they usually have, like, this little buffet of free food, and then they tap two beers. And I'm trying to think the two beers. I know one is their Irish Red, which they release this time every single year. And I cannot, for the life of me right now, off the top of my head, remember what the other one is. But I'm looking, definitely looking forward to that Irish Red. I got an email the other day about something
1: from their munchy series. I don't know if that's the beer, but it has, like,
0: marijuana in it. Yeah, that's a separate release. I don't think that one's happening at the same time. Um, that one, I think, came out today on a Saturday. I'm mm, pretty sure. That's probably why I got the email. I'm trying to find it right here. Uh, there it is. Bourbon Barrel Aged wee Heavy. So they're um, Scotch Ale, mm. which sounds delicious as well. So I look forward to trying those two on Tuesday this week. I actually put that mug to good use. So excited for that. <laughs> They have not had a lot of new beer recently. When I've gone, it's been the same beer all the time. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to try something new.
3: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I stumbled into an s about a week ago to pick up a um, bottle of wine for my my female companion person. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> Your spousal unit. <laughs> spousal unit. I and, also uh, like how you said you stumbled into the liquor store. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Slow down. Should be I stumbling out
3: of. <laughs> <laughs> I should probably drink after I purchase beer. <laughs> um, so I found a imperial pastry stout that mm. is made by Duclaw. Um, nice. Ooh. Had notes of vanilla bean, mint, um, candy cane, and lactose, and it reminded me of like the peppermint mocha that dot in line had brewed um but mm-hmm. oh, yeah. there was no mocha in this one it was just um heavy like sweet chocolate with candy cane and uh Keith I'm, that one I'm going to get give to you and we can have it on the show um Yay. at some point Thank yeah you. so Look very good it's that. a new a new beer that we can try so our uh, collection is up to what uh 7 or 8 now maybe yeah just is, is good <laughs> it's growing it's growing
2: so you're getting up to our number of beers
3: (laughs) Mm -hmm. trying to catch up got to record more podcasts (laughs) yep create more podcasts
0: (laughs) 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 all right so beer beer me yeah we're first
2: yeah sure why not makes sense to me
1: we got the indiana city Vic secret yo or yeah that's right 5.5 abv Uh, it's part of their yo series this is maybe like the 10th one they do about one a month i think and it always highlights a different hop varietal this one says massive whirlpool and double dry hop additions of vic secret provide bright tropical character of pineapple pine and passion fruit to our nearest or to our newest release in the yo hazy pale ale series Uh, Released on February 5th, 2021. Dustin, since you got the can, you can uh, describe that.
2: I was trying to adjust my light because I I have it on my phone. Um, So every single one of these cans has a uh, a different style of uh, like geometry on it, but it's hard to see. Like, I can't really show you. There you go. The glare has gone a little bit, but behind the yo, there's a little bit of like a circle with lines and kind of like what you did with paint when you were growing up, just messing around with you know circles and lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know it's uh, you know like a perfect design, I guess. They always have that on there. Uh, then there's always like two main colors, three main colors that they do on the can, and they kind of do like a gradient shade on the yo, and then kind of like speckle it throughout the can. So uh, I had the the cashmere I gave to Andrew, that was like a, like an orange and pink and yellow. Uh, this Vic secret is uh, green and yellow. Um, yeah, just based, uh, many shades of greens and yellows on Sort here. of
0: reminiscent of like a Link or something. Yeah, I was just going to say like a Triforce because that's what it <laughs> yeah, appears it's got... in the image with the little triangle. Yeah, there's exactly. a bunch of triangles and stuff yeah. in
2: there. Yeah, imagine that. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> good, good choice. <laughs> yeah. uh this does not have the uh Ibus on the can either so I just wanted to make mention of that because we we mentioned that it was empty but the can also doesn't have it on there because sometimes untapped is just incomplete yeah mm-hmm. um other than that I mean it's it's your same style so uh if you see like uh Vic Secret up at the top above the yo that's usually like, you know, cashmere yo or citry yo or, you know, whatever. I think it's my fourth one of these.
1: Uh, Trying to guess the color here. It's very pale.
2: Yeah, it's like very, like, peachy.
1: Yeah, it's down at the very beginning of the spectrum, I would say. One, two, maybe three at the darkest.
2: I w- I'm very upset that this is not for the next episode we're recording because this is very Captain Kirkish. <laughs> but. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that'd be like perfect.
2: Yeah, I think uh, it is. A, I think it's a two. Like, I don't think it's as light as a one. It's yeah, not, I've seen a, lighter. Definitely not
0: the Harry Snitch. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> <laughs> very sad. That, huh? <laughs> I was looking at pictures that. Uh, other people have taken on Untapped, and the color spectrum is different. It just depends on the light. Some are super dark, yeah. some are peachy pale. So I'm going to trust mm-hmm. with whatever you guys come up with because it's all dependent upon light for sure. Yeah, I'm going to stick with the
1: number two uh, Captain Kirk shirt or whatever.
2: It's mm-hmm. I don't know. I like I like Christian D's picture that he has. That's a good. One. That we're going to we're going to read his. It's definitely higher, but. From from our perspective, it's gotta be number two. See so if we get anything on the nose here.
0: Sniff sniff. Definitely fruity.
2: Oh yeah, for sure. I think this is fruitier than the other ones that I've had or remember having.
1: Yeah. What does it say? Pineapple, pine, and passion fruit.
2: Mm-hmm. Definitely the pineapple. Yeah. Which is weird because the last few Indiana City beers that we've had on the show have been like, there's got to be pineapple in this. (laughs) (laughs) It's like like they had a
1: bunch because they had that Hawaiian luau beer on tap for the past few months. So Mm -hmm. it's like everything's been pineapple lately.
2: (laughs) It's just like residual pineapple flavor. (laughs) (laughs) Just floating in their
1: (laughs) tanks. I get the passion fruit too. It's kind of got that soury passion fruit smell.
2: Yeah. I get it.
1: I'm ready to taste it. If you are,
2: Oh, I've been tasting it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was a good boy. I waited.
2: Oh, I still had some of my can, and I didn't uh, have enough yeah. room in my my, my glass. My the little charity drink there. Um, wow, that's good. That is. I. Uh, it's got a very bitter taste at the end. I'm tasting a lot of like, like yeah. leftover hops from this uh so the the sour notes from the passion fruit in the the pineapple are not quite enough to cut that the upfront is very sweet like when you mm-hmm. when you first put it in your mouth very sweet
1: Yeah, it's definitely is it i was like i just kept drinking it because it tasted so good but yeah once i stopped drinking it i'm getting the like dry hoppy mm-hmm. uh after bitterness
2: yeah it's it's not any better but it's not any worse the longer you hold it in your mouth so we just let it sit there for a minute. Maybe it feels like a little bit of a burn. Yeah. And that could be like the the pineapple
0: itself, but... Um, you want to you look at Untapped? Tapped,
1: yeah. You got it pulled uh,
0: up. Yeah, I got it up. Out of 46 check-ins, Untapped has given it a 3.91 average. And as Dustin mentioned earlier, I have one friend, Christian D., who stated, this is a hoppy, dry, and juicy brew. It's very tasty. I really appreciate it. Secret Hops. He gave it a four. And that's all my friends. That was like four hours ago.
2: <laughs> yeah, three hours ago, yeah. Right. Get him <laughs> yeah, on the show. You. Hmm. you know, I thought about it. I figured he would. Um, I had a friend on here, uh, my bartender friend, who now works at Sun King. Uh, she gave it a 225. Hmm. Mm. No commentary, but gave it a 225. Get out of here. Your name's not worth mentioning, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my only two che- French check-ins. I was wondering why my French check-ins were so low at 3.13, and I saw Christian D's initial one at a four. I was like, oh, God, the other one must be bad. Bad. Very bad. <laughs> Elizabeth
1: C. First, Yum. Every other sip, <laughs> damn, this beer is hashtag salty AF and gave it a two and a half.
0: Is it getting saltier, gentlemen?
2: <laughs>
0: uh. I'm getting fucking
2: saltier. <laughs> <laughs> I I kind of get like the, it has
1: like a salty, I don't know, now that she mentions it, it's kind of like a mm-hmm. salt watery type flavor.
2: Yeah. Kind of like what they do for their sours. but Yeah. But, I mean, it's expected with these sour beers. I wonder if they just added a little bit to uh, cut the sour, maybe? Maybe.
1: I don't think it's bad.
2: I don't think it's bad either. nothing that, like, ruined the beer for me. Mm. Uh, Tim W. from Fat Dan says, Solid IPA, a little thin. Well, no shit. It's not an IPA. (laughs) Yeah. It's a pale ale, bud. Just because it says hazy,
1: he wants it to be like a... Thick, milky thing?
2: <laughs> yeah, probably.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's it's obviously hazy. I can't see through it.
2: This one's a good one. This is from two days ago. Scott S. says, having another, probably one of these. He missed that one. Another one of these with a picture this time. This is a really enjoyable beer. He gave it a 4.5. Immediately checked in the same day or next day. Another great beer, aromatic, and hopped from Indiana City.
3: Tom L said, "Unique, good, bit of a citrus grapefruit flavor. So, is that getting any of that grapefruit?
1: Maybe mm. a little, a little bit of the bitter rind of the grapefruit in the aftertaste. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, the 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 bitter part of the grapefruit. Not yeah. much the fruit.
3: Yeah, grapes um, have like that, that bitter, definitely bitter flavor." Uh, I'm I'm
1: checking mine in right now.
2: Make sure you think about your IBUs while you're doing it. This is gonna be tough though because of how like smooth this is up front. Mm-hmm. But how like disastrous it is at back end. Not like in a bad way, but I mean like compared to the front, it's definitely uh catching you off guard. I did not check this in just for the full frontal. Let's go flavor. Okay, I checked it in. Me too. I gave it. A- A four. I think... uh, I don't remember what I gave the other Yo's. I'll have to pretty much check that out. But I'm a big fan of this one. I think this was my favorite one so far of the group. But I only remember four of them. I only had Mm -hmm. four of them. Uh, But I think this one is the favorite one. Plus, green is my favorite color. So it kind of has something to do with it. Um, And if I had anything to say... About the IBUs up front, uh, probably in the 60 range, if we're considering the back end, and it's more of the 30 range, if you think about it from like the front perspective. Uh, But I think that, personally, I think back end is where we want to look at this one.
1: I was leaning like the upper 50s, so when you said 60s, I was like, that's exactly where my mind was uh but when i checked it in i gave it a just a slightly less than dust and i gave a 3.75 just uh because of the bitter aftertaste that's the only thing knocking it down for me but i really enjoyed the upfront flavor that initial like fruity sourness but uh yeah just sitting here with the lingering bitterness is not appealing to me and if i pick a number
0: mmm
2: yeah, i definitely think the front end is going to cancel out the uh super like bitter end yeah for it to be in the 60s so i'm thinking probably mid 50s or a little bit i don't know lower than that i don't know like a 54 uh,
1: 54 yeah that works for me which is 6 by 9 Incorrect answer to number 42, I always thought something was fundamentally wrong with the
3: universe. Pale, you want to tell us about our beer? Sure. Um, The beer that Keith and I are drinking is uh, Hop Rivers Sleepyhead IPA. Sleepyhead is a 6.75% ABV. uh, Not available IBUs or no IBUs.
0: Uh, not available. Not available. Okay. No IBUs listed.
3: No IBUs listed. You have to just deal with we'll, whatever we'll it is. We'll have to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, you have to deal with
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> you sleepyheads. It's 250 IBUs. Deal with it. Oh, shit. <laughs> whatever IBUs you dream up, <laughs>
3: Mr. Sleepyhead. Uh, sleepyhead says, looks like an unhurried sunrise and smells... A famished fruit basket. Pineapple, tangerine, and lemon. Tastes like my most bitter knife, dulled by soft wheat. Brewed with local Midwest harvest hops.
0: Local hops. So
3: Local hops, I love it. If we look
0: at the can, I think the can looks pretty cool. It's got the little color spectrums, kind of like when you're falling asleep. Or like a sunset as the sun's going down. Start to get sleepy. It's got Fort Wayne right there. The three stars for the three rivers, which matches the Hop River right there. Mm -hmm. It's one of those silver, it's a silver can, but it's a clear sticker. So when you peel that off, so those colors will come out, but then the the silver of the can will show through. So it's really cool. And we can't really miss it when it's in the store. And what's neat about Hop River is that they are uh, teaming up with local uh, liquor stores So you can pick it up there, and that's where I ended up picking this one up. So instead of driving all the way to the other side of town and go pick it up, I can just go down the street and pick it up. So it's pretty cool. Convenient. So you want to talk about the color? Yes, the color. Um, In looking at it, it's very orange. Almost a dark burnt orange color as I was looking at it. Earlier while you guys were drinking your beer. There's some floaties in there but Ew. I know mine does not do that justice at all. Everything looks blue and green on my screen. But um, if you look at the pictures of Untapped, you can actually see my previous picture up there. Mine looks super dark.
3: And it looks like Kinda there's like a, like little pepper flakes floating in there.
0: <laughs> yeah, little floaties. It almost looks like a d- different beer. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah, it my lighting sucks in, in here. Don't Don't base it off what you see. Well, I didn't have like, on my screen.
3: I don't have. I have like three lamps in this room.
0: I have one back there and one here. It's dark in this corner, and that's the problem. Mm. I need more light. I would say, from what I've seen, at least in my room and looking it up to the light, I was thinking just for today's episode's sake, I'm looking at fifteen. I, I about Me you, too. <laughs> yeah, I was
3: looking right at fifteen. <laughs>
0: Because it's somewhere in that range. I think if you go even further into the 20s, I think that's too orange and that's too dark down there.
1: Because mm-hmm. uh, some yeah, of the I pictures
0: agree. that you see, I think it's it's a little bit brighter than that. So I think Link's sword. The first sword. Yeah. The first wooden three, sword. The wooden sword, thank you.
2: His green eyeball. It looks green. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> He's got
0: green eyes. So we'll go with that. What about Smell Pale?
3: Smell
0: um, a little bit of grapefruit and lemon. There's different, definitely a citrus smell, as mm-hmm. it said in the description. Very citrusy. And you can smell the hops. It's a very West Coast style smell. It's been a while since I drank some of these of this style. But you can tell it's there. It's distinct.
3: I'm, I'm, dr- I'm going to drink it.
0: Very smooth. Almost a bit creamy. Mhm. The citrus hits you right away, and then it fades quickly, and the bitterness really sets in after that, mm-hmm. and it lingers on the back of your tongue all the way. Down. Yeah. If you
3: if you hold it in your mouth, it just it just like you can just that dryness, like that West Coast style, just kind of gets like more bitter and more bitter, yeah, and then like a piney. on the back the back end, it's A little bit of citrus that comes out and like pops like before before you swallow it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like up front, I feel like it's very creamy, um, bitter and uh, citrus kind of comes like at the end. Or do you what do you think?
0: Well, I thought it came up front and then it disappears and then the bitterness sets in for me. I mean, you get hints of the the sweetness Throughout, but the bitterness is still overpowering. Go ahead.
1: Pale's taste buds are dyslexic. <laughs> That's right. They're they're
0: backwards.
3: <laughs> uh, you're probably right about that.
1: <laughs> he usually says the opposite of whatever you say. I've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: all good. Wouldn't it be something if it's like, I don't really taste any of what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> it, oh, uh, I opened the wrong beer. I don't taste any. I don't. I don't taste anything
1: i don't care get- oh he does have covid <laughs> his sense of smell
3: and taste are gone oh sorry guys this is a i think i'm drinking a Pepsi <laughs> <laughs> yes i actually grabbed a Pepsi <laughs> it's got the kind of bluish can mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like one of those old ones with like the blue can with, like the the blue and red logo
0: oh I mean, you're
1: halfway through your review and you were like Wait, I've been drinking a Pepsi this whole. Time. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops.
0: Oops. Ugh. This
3: is this is the wrong podcast. That's, that's that should have stayed on my my pop podcast. <laughs> my soda podcast.
1: Good. Pop- thank oh, you. I thought you
2: reviewed uh
1: Funko Pops on there.
2: Oh. I, I got plenty I of those. <laughs> And you're um, her dad,
1: so it's Pops pops with Pops, reviewing Pops. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: Pops, Pops. We just call it the PP pop, Podcast. <laughs> 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 oh, wait. No, that won't work.
2: <laughs> no, it might. It might work. You have the wrong audience <laughs> tuning in, viewers,
0: bro. Yes. <laughs> All right. Back to the beer we're drinking. Um I will say out of all the West coast that we've had before this, the bitterness in this does not, is not overpowering. It, it's kind of smooth. It's almost like they didn't overload it with hops. Cause I know a lot of people, they just, just throw everything in there and just create a giant hop party. But this one, that bitterness that sits with me is not terrible. I would always hate those older styles where that bitterness just lingers a little bit. Um, so this isn't bad. It's like, Maybe their first attempt at something like this would be my guess. Um it does say it is seasonal at Hop River so they don't bring it around very often. Um But yeah, it's not bad.
3: I I mean yeah, I'm enjoying it. I appreciate the the presence of the West Coast is still there, but um I'm it's definitely more on the creamy citrusy end of it or side of it. And uh it doesn't like stick with me like you're saying and there is like a tangerine flavor that i get on the back end Mm -hmm. that is like really enjoyable a tangerine dream yeah tangerine dream
2: whoa 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 let's see if anyone else agrees with you guys on the untapped machine uh 236 check-ins gives this beer a 3.63 I have two friends checking in. I will not tell you the average because it may mess up with what we're discussing. Uh, one of the people is here. Uh, the other person is good old Doug Egder. He Doug. checked this. Yeah, he checked this bad boy in at uh, three. Got it earlier this month. He said it was okay, but the best thing on tap twice, and he still gave it just a three. Uh, Alex W. He added at Kaysan's fifth down. Uh, Not my favorite I've had by them, but not bad, three and a quarter.
1: I scrolled back many pages. There's not many comments, just a bunch of check-ins. But this one says, good local brewery, nice and refreshing, a good summer IPA. Gave it a four out of five.
2: Here's one, Dave F. He um, gave it a 3.5, and all his comment said was, nope.
0: Mm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. What? 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 <laughs> 3.5? I mean, I can understand why people are kind of low on this, because especially at Hop River, because when you walk in there, it's definitely not a young crowd that you find. Again, in Fort Wayne, we got all these old folks coming out, um, checking out all these local breweries. So I think when craft beer first started, this is what everything was. And I don't think that's what they're expecting. So that's what they've had before. Like everything was that West Coast. Everything was an IPA. Um, so I think that's turning a lot of people off. Um that would be my guess. I can see why a lot of people do not like this because that bitterness it does linger. It sticks with you.
2: And if I remember correctly, Hop River doesn't have a whole lot of IPAs anyways. hmm So I think the the only IPA I think I've ever had from them was when they did that uh trail uh beer. Oh, yeah. Uh, when they like, connected with, like, 12 different breweries in northern Indiana and made mm-hmm. that the Passport, and they had, like, a, a co-op with someone, and they just kind of made a beer, and it was an IPA. Other than that, I don't think I've ever had one from them, and I've been there a couple times.
1: They do a lot of, like, old-style, like, German beers or something like that, it feels like. like They yeah. stay with, like, classic recipes.
2: Yeah, and I think that uh, the, the ownership and the brewer's... Uh, I don't want to speak ill about it, but I think that there is a little bit of a disconnect from them because it is a an older gentleman who just decided he wanted to open a brewery, and so then he just bought all the shit and then paid someone to make the beer for him. So it's not it's not like the the normal uh, the normal you know progression. Of people growing this appreciation for beer and then going to festivals and having people tell them, hey, this is good shit. You should, you know, sell it. And then them opening up the brewery. And so you don't have that trial and error uh, right. as you're trying to progress. Uh I'm not saying that this model is bad because I've had some quality beer from them, but it just definitely just what it feels like is they haven't had time to weed out some of their problems, at least with the IPA, since they don't have a whole lot of them.
0: What their business model has been is community outreach. Um, The local news stations are forever there. They always say Hop River will host the local, you know, the changing of the rivers and riverfront meeting, Whatever you know, we'll be there. here. It's they're more of a community place gathering. Um, I think that's where a lot of people just go and they'll go. And if there's beer, they'll drink it. So I think they've really put their mark on the city as one of the leading. If they, if there's anything craft beer in town, they always go to hop river and they're always talking to whoever's in charge there. Um, so they definitely have the great community outreach. Now they just need to hone in on the beer. And I know they have been putting out some new hazy IPAs as of late. They got like, um, I was just reading one today, but uh, Astral Van, I think it is. Um, mm. So a New England style hazy that they got out. So I'm looking to get that one, hopefully coming up here soon. They started canning a lot more due to the pandemic. But mm-hmm. yeah, definitely big with the community outreach. And I think the beer hopefully starting to uptick and really bring the craft beer people and not just the let's go to the local place that everybody goes to hang out.
2: Don't get me wrong. I'd like it. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: They were kind of designed
1: with like the community in mind. Cause it's just big long tables where you're, they want you to come in and just sit down with strangers and have conversations and play board games and stuff. Yeah. But then they also turn the music way up real loud so you can't talk to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I, uh, that, that has since gone away. <laughs> oh, okay. I, they have turned <laughs> the music off. Yeah. There. <laughs> they have uh, an awesome patio, too, out there to hang out on. And they are oh, in the yeah. prime location because I don't know if you guys have seen the Fort Wayne news or not, but they are in talks of in that giant plot of land at the one street over from them that used to be the old trains used to be a train station mm-hmm. right there. The, the, the depot city bought it a it up. depot, wasn't it? Yeah, depot. Yeah, depot. Um, so the city bought that up, and now they're in talks with uh, DeMarcus Beasley, and they're going to build a huge soccer stadium, um, a hotel, oh, kind of like what they did for Tin Caps, but DeMarcus is going to sponsor, and we're going to bring some high-level professional soccer to Fort Wayne. So they're in the prime location for that once that opens up, definitely within walking distance. So they're excited for that. That's pretty cool to see that come to the city.
2: Absolutely. Is that Pepsi place still there?
0: Um, I don't think so. I think it's that's all gone. It's just this huge open field right now. I'm pretty sure they took all that. The city bought it up.
1: The Tin Caps is not that, because they're, they're just like right outside of downtown. So Yeah, kind of you got to get to Headwaters really right there
0: and with everything else. And then, yeah, Tin Caps, it's all downtown. So it's pretty cool. All right, you got your beers checked in, ready to Yep, I'm going to stick with mine so pale if you want to go, unless you want me to go first.
3: Uh I'll go and we'll see if see if I matched yours your score. <laughs> uh I went 3.75. Um I said solid hybrid IPA in like quotations. Um there's hazy and west coast characteristics, but I would have enjoyed a little more citrus. On this one uh, But overall pretty good effort In the br- the beer um, I like the west coast That's there. Uh, there The bitter is Kind of like in the middle So it's like creamy Then west coast and then Like tangerine at the back end So really nice And uh, Good beer for sure
0: I'm going to stick with my original check-in from when I first bought this beer. So it's almost a month ago now. Um, I'm going to also give It Pale a 3.75. Ooh, uh, I'll read my yeah. my little comment here. Said a smooth West Coast style IPA, not very hoppy, which I like, yet still packs a punch at 6 and a, 6.75% ABV. Overall, a great starter IPA. So it was a good entry level and just reminds me of the original IPAs that you know were out there. Um, but not overly hoppy because I'm not a huge, super hoppy person. <laughs> I'm not a hoppy person. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> so I really love the citrus in it um, and that sweetness up front and the bitterness that lingers is not terrible. It, it's doable for me. So if I went to Hop River to hang out and I've had most of their beer, i definitely grab a pint of this, a couple pints even. Um, and I wouldn't mind drinking it. This is pretty good,
3: isn't it? Strange how you're getting sweetness on the front end, and my sweetness is coming more on the back end. It's but we're basically I don't know we're like sweetness on my tongue. Thing, it's like
0: I need to go eat to pretzel, but I'm like, <laughs> how's that sweet for you? I don't know. It's odd how it it's,
3: it's like before it like sends off before the beer just does a send off. It like drops a little bit of like orange and yeah, tangerine in my mouth, right?
0: Right underneath here is just that, the bitterness that just bleh.
3: Oh, I hate, yeah, I know what you're talking about. That's the worst. pill I think you got your tongue in backwards.
0: <laughs> I think so.
3: <laughs> I think you're right. I'm just a little off right now.
0: So what, IBUs? Oh, oh yeah, IBUs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh, right.
1: Ooh. At least Dustin remembers. Well.
0: These these will be inaccurate because Pale and I will not agree because he's getting sweetness Exactly. I'm getting bitterness. <laughs> We're going to have two IBUs. So I'm thinking low. You're probably thinking high. I'm thinking pretty high. Well, not high, high, but I was thinking somewhere around 30.
3: Okay, yeah, I, I would be around 25. Can, can we agree
0: on that? 25, 30? Yeah, 30. 30. What do we would, got in there? Want
3: to, <laughs> want to just say like 27.
0: Batman. <laughs> that works for me. We can't understand Batman. He's a complicated creature. Just like <laughs> Pale's tongue, apparently. <laughs> His palate.
2: All right. Uh, Batman is number 27 because the first appearance of Batman is in the detective comics, number 27. <sighs> All right. Cool.
0: I just wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DrinkInGeekOut. You can also check out our show notes and other fun stuff on our website, drinkingeekout.com. You can also email us any comments or suggestions at drinkingeekout at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcast, the Google Play Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also have a Patreon where you can get some fun bonus content. Find us there at patreon.com backslash drinkingeekout. And now, back to the show.
1: Should have went 35 for... Link's thirty fifth anniversary. Uh, yeah, oh missed, <laughs> a missed opportunity
2: opportunity. <sighs>
1: because that's what we're talking about this this uh this week, this
2: year. This year, yeah. This is we're kicking it off. This is the start of our uh twenty twenty one version of Digo, and this year is Zelda, just like last year was all about the Mario. You
1: want me to talk about some of the upcoming episodes? Yeah, please. Preview or I don't know some of the ideas I've been kicking around for the year of Zelda uh this one I think would be fun. It's the commercials of Zelda talking about some of the uh commercials for the games over the past thirty five years. GameSpot released a compilation of some, and they're like it includes like Japanese commercials, so I don't know what they're saying, but it's they're the weirdest commercials ever, <laughs> yes. So I think it'd be fun. It's there, it's like 30 minute long video of just like 30 years of uh, commercials. So cool. I think that'll be fun. And then since Keith and I both played Link's, Link's Awakening on the Switch and Dustin's going to play it whenever I give it to him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we will be talking about that game and kind of comparing it to the Game Boy game maybe. some Something like that. Then I've got a list of like 9 or 10 weird games that aren't canon really but uh different weird games from like the CDi there were some like handheld LCD ones and Tingle got some spin-off games yes in in Japan only that we can talk about uh then we got to talk about Breath of the Wild of course we haven't talked about that yet mm. wait for Dustin to catch up mm-hmm. on that uh, then uh Hyrule in my hands is another idea, which is just all of the mobile games from like Game Boy, DS, uh, 3DS, all of those games need to be talked about. I've played most of them at this point. And then, a Link to the Past 30th anniversary is this year in November, so I think a Link to the Past episode is deserving just to celebrate its 30th anniversary as well as Zelda's 35th anniversary. And then maybe we'll talk about Hyrule Warriors, which is the weird kind of spinoff game. But there's a free demo on Switch that we could all play and maybe Mm -hmm. talk on that a little bit. And they just announced a bunch of new DLC packs on the Nintendo Direct that was a couple weeks ago at this point. And then there's the cartoon show. So um, we can watch the 1989 cartoon series and talk about that. It's only like 13 episodes and they're only about 13 minutes long each, so it won't take long to get through. And um, if we don't get to it on here, maybe you guys will get to it on your anime show if we Mm -hmm. don't have time to talk about that. Sure. And then we'll end it out with the Golden Triforce Awards, which is like the Golden Mushroom Awards, but it'll cover all the Zelda topics that we didn't have time for. And also there will be a whole bunch of Zelda-themed episodes on Dustin and I's... Spinoff podcast, Drinkin' Geek OST, our music theme podcast, um, including a Zelda NES episode, a Link's Awakening episode, comparing the Switch songs to the Game Boy songs, a Breath of the Wild episode, and probably more than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we already did a music episode in the past, Keith and I. Mm-hmm. On this feed from like a couple of years ago, maybe we'll re-release that or something. Yeah, like light
2: but episode number like seven, seven, or, something or, something. Like <laughs> seven or eight, yeah.
1: Uh, and hopefully Keith will join us on those Drink and Geek OST episodes because he sure. can talk about Zelda probably more Special than any of us.
3: Special
2: <laughs> <laughs> guest. But
1: that's all uh, over the next year different ideas that we hopefully will get to most of them all of them if not uh just some And <laughs> maybe
2: a surprise episode or two cuz we usually end up coming with <laughs> more ideas uh yeah. throughout mm-hmm. and then we decide to, oh we own. we actually got to do this one so we we do have to do that one
0: cuz Nintendo actually has not gotten off their ass to even acknowledge Zelda's 35th anniversary yet so once that announcement comes maybe we yeah. can throw something together um and, and Breath and of the Wild 2
1: is post uh, is has been in development for the past 2 years but they won't say anything about yeah. it so maybe we'll learn more about that too. Hopefully it'll come out this year.
2: But today's episode as we continue drawing this one out is about the original <laughs> original <laughs> original original Legend of Zelda. Uh, that was the title track, right? <laughs> like Legend of Zelda? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yep. Came out in
0: 1986.
2: Mm. Man, there was an Good year. action-adventure video game developed and published by Nintendo, designed by Shigeru Miyamoto and Takeyasha, uh Tezuka, set in a fantasy land of Hyrule. The plot centers on an elf boy, or not the evil elf boy that Pale said he was. <laughs> uh, elf. He's an evil little man. <laughs> but elf, elf-like boy is like evil man, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. guess. So an elf-like boy named Link, who aims to collect eight fragments of the Triforce of Wisdom in order to rescue Princess Zelda from the antagonist Ganon. During the course of the game, the player controls Link from a top-down perspective and navigates through the world... Uh, and dungeons, collecting weapons and defeating enemies and uncovering secrets along the way.
3: So I have a stupid pale question to ask. Oh, good. Uh, what's the difference between Ganon and Ganondorf?
0: Seth, you want to take this or you want me to? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the same uh,
3: person, I think but it's like different like versions. Uh, I...
1: Yeah, Keith, go ahead. I'll fill in whatever you forget.
0: Um, Ganon is the original entity of the main bad guy so he's like this little pig warthog okay um type creature demon demon sometimes in later games (laughs) that's true um but that is his his original form is this giant pig like creature um and then when like ocarina time came along then ganondorf once he got he was a gerudo male that's born every one male born every hundred years or something like yeah. that um and then he kind of got the power of ganon and through the triforce of power he then transforms into so it's like ganon is like in ganondorf and now since he's more of a humanoid or human-like creature then he's been like the main bad guy now in the most recent games but ganon is his like true form mm. which is a giant pig-like creature and it, Demon.
2: It, it's uh, called the homage to that in Smash Brothers when you get the Smash Ball as Ganondorf and you use it, you turn into a giant warthog and rush across the screen or whatever. Yeah.
3: Sounds like
0: Pokemon. Good question. <laughs> <laughs> it is a great question. Actually... I had to throw it out there.
2: Actually, is a really good one. Yeah. <laughs> if you got any more good questions,
1: throw them out.
3: No, it's good. Bad, and, um, like because good you're... They're like two different versions and like two different games, so it's really cool that it, yeah,
2: It evolved. So, yeah, it
1: evolved, I don't yeah. Know, is, it, is it supposed to be a surprise that Ganondorf ends up being Ganon? Because <laughs> you should have come up with a slightly different name. <laughs> yeah, Ganondorf. <laughs> Spoiler alert! It translates to not Ganon in English. <laughs> I don't know if it does, but uh, might as well.
0: All right, continuing uh, on. Um, the Legend of Zelda was a critical and commercial success for Nintendo. The game sold over six and a half million copies, launched a major franchise, and has been regularly featured in lists of the greatest video games of all time. A sequel, Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link, was first released in Japan for the Famicom Disk System. Uh, less than a year after its predecessor and numerous additional successors and spin-offs have been released in the decades since its debut
2: so the two sucked uh,
0: I think it gets a bad rap
2: well it's it's produced by a different um, like game company I don't produce but it's made by yeah. a different game company and they were trying to emulate Mario uh, with the release of this game and so you have more of a a uh, a side-scroller at this point. It's a
1: side-scroller thing.
2: Uh, The combat's good, but it's just not as... It's not as iconic as, like, the original Zelda and then uh, the Link to the Past. Like, those are the same style, Mm -hmm. top-down fight styles you're used to instead of the side-scroller. And... Yeah, it's
1: kind of lesser-known in America. So, I I don't know. It... It has its place. I think if they did a remake of this game, I, it would probably be a pretty good idea of Zelda 2. Like, updated graphics and just oh, yeah. retell the story or something.
0: That would be great. Did you, did, with see, Link's Awakening. did you see the story, not to get off topic here, because I know we'll talk about Breath of the Wild, but when they were throwing this one together, they said Breath of the Wild was like the beta version of this, like their original idea. They planned to put the Breath of the Wild concept in an 8-bit game and it just wouldn't oh, work. Shit. Yeah, I don't know if yeah. you read that somewhere or not, but I was, I was doing some research on this. I'm like, wow, that's really cool. That So they've had Breath of the Wild in the works for a long mm-hmm. time. They had the basis of the story um, to go out and start, you know, searching all these different places and just that open world type concept that they couldn't quite do with the 8-bit technology. So they kind of shelved it and then created what they created. So I thought that was really neat.
1: That is interesting.
0: It's also interesting to note that uh, Zelda 2 came
1: out less than a year after Zelda 1, and now it takes like f- six years between sequ- like yes. Zelda games. <laughs> <laughs> takes forever. <laughs> but I guess that's because they don't let other studios touch Zelda anymore. It's all Nintendo. Yeah. We, we're going to regulate this and do it right. Yeah, it's got to be done the right way. Weird games.
0: Which is pretty much like, I think, Miyamoto's whole thing. Um, cause I think it was him that they said he had the, the concept that he came up with. It was him when he was a young age, like him going through like different building or through his own house. They had the sliding paper doors. Um, I can tell like, you Japan. style. oh, is that on here? <laughs> okay, <laughs> <right>. go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the legend of Zelda was directed and designed by a
1: Shigiri, Momoto and Takaki, Tazu- Takashi, Tazuki, Tazuka, Miyamoto produced the game and uh, Tezuka wrote the story and script. Keji Turu, a screenwriter who worked on anime shows such as Dr. Slump and (laughs) Dragon Ball. I know that one. uh, Wrote the backstory for the manual drawing inspiration from conflicts in medieval Europe. Development began in 84 and the game was originally intended to be a launch title for the Famicom disk system in Japan. The development team worked on zelda and super mario bros concurrently and tried to separate their ideas super mario bros was a linear uh story where the action occurred in a strict sequence whereas legend of zelda would be the opposite in mario uh, miyamoto downplayed the importance of the high score in favor of simply completing the game the concept was carried over to legend of zelda uh where uh Also changing of, wait, also in Miyamoto was also in charge of deciding which concept were Zelda ideas and which were Mario ideas. So these games could be completely (laughs) intertwined Mm -hmm. if uh, Miyamoto wasn't there to (laughs) separate everything out. Contrasting with Mario and Zelda was made non-linear and forced players to think, uh, what should I do next? According to Miyamoto, those in Japan were confused and had trouble finding their way through uh, the multiple-path dungeons and initial game designs. The players would start with the sword already in their inventory. Rather than merely simplifying the matters for the player, Miyamoto forced the players to listen to the old man who gives the player the sword and encourages interaction among people to share their ideas with each other to find the various hidden secrets, a new form of gaming communication relatedly the concept turned into uh the root of another series to be developed many years later in the future Zelda became the inspiration for something very different animal crossing which i think we mentioned earlier or maybe that was before we started recording but we were talking about that game <laughs> uh this was a game based solely on communication so it, uh it's interesting he took the sword away and gave it to the old man that's like two feet from yeah your starting point just to give you or implant the the inspiration in the player's mind that okay i've got to go talk to people and gain items i can't just go start fighting i i need to interact with the world and that's something that was never really done in games before mm-hmm.
0: this yeah you really got to show them what to do instead of just like okay now what so, yeah, you got to enter a cave. Okay, I can go into these things. Oh, I got to talk to people. They'll give me shit. So, yeah, it's just interesting because nowadays all these games come out and then you have to get through so many tutorials, like test it out first before you <laughs> go out yeah. and explore.
2: Yeah. So that, that's really cool. It's the very basis of like gamification or uh, MMOs, I suppose, where... You start off with something very basic, where you you have to go and do this thing, and then you get a reward for it, and then you have to go do something a little bit harder, and then you get a reward for it, and then you just keep going higher and higher because the reward gets better and better, uh, and it starts somewhere, and the, I don't know if it started here, but you know gamification has been around, you know since you know, Pong or whatever, you know, or be, yeah. before that, before video games, obviously you do something, you get a reward for it. You know, that's how, you know, right. you learn something that way. And so, yeah, th- definitely this right here um, definitely shapes the concept of gaming uh, to open up avenues for a lot of other games. Solely they mentioned Animal Crossing here is a game of communication. You talk to something, you, you, you upgrade, you talk to another person, you bring them to your island, etc. uh but you can like make a veil, like a thinly veiled connection to the the next MMO, right? Do something and make mm-hmm. it bigger, you just keep going.
1: Mhm. I think another important thing for this series was like communication among friends cuz there was no internet at this time. So you would just get together with your friends at recess or lunchtime or something and be like, Oh, did you, how do I get to this point? Or have you collected this yet? Or like it, there, it was important because there's so many secrets and like different ways. And in, in this game that you could go to the third dungeon first or any way. You, and there's mm-hmm. different like, uh, bombs to explore, explode open different passages ways that you, Uh, you can miss easily. So I think just uh, strategy guides and just talking to friends was pivotal pivotal, pivotal at this stage.
0: Yeah. I finally see what you were saying because I knew I read it somewhere. I'll go ahead and read this part. Yeah, it's this next paragraph. (laughs) I haven't got it yet. (laughs) Um, With The Legend of Zelda, Miyamoto wanted to flesh out the idea of a game world even further, giving players the miniature garden that they can put inside their drawer. He drew his inspiration from his experiences as a boy around Kyoto, where he explored nearby fields, woods, and caves, always trying through Zelda games to impart players some sense of what limitless wonder he felt through unknown exploration. When I was a child, he said, I went hiking and found a lake. It was quite a surprise for me to stumble upon it. When I traveled around the country without a map, trying to find my way, stumbling on amazing things as I went, I realized how it felt to go on an adventure like this. The memory of being lost amid the maze of sliding doors in his family's home in Sanobe, was recreated in Zelda's labyrinthian dungeons. And I think that's what you're talking about, all those hidden doors that you could drop yeah. all these bombs and secret passageways and all sorts of cool stuff. So that's cool.
1: And like each each room in a dungeon is just a square and there's a door at the top, a door at the... Both sides, maybe, or that maybe there's only a door on one side. But it's like, okay, which way do I go first? Do I go up or do I go left?
2: And, and, yeah. and like... you have no, you have no idea until you find the room with the map in it.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. And he talks about exploring outdoors without a map.
2: Yeah. I wonder if he found a sword or like any <laughs> nice little trinkets when he's on his walk <laughs> or his hike. Just a stick. Yeah, here's my wooden sword. As a kid, yeah, I'd take it.
3: Yeah, I'll do the next one. Uh, Link in Zelda, the hero Link, was named in part to connect players inserted into this world with their interactive role as something of a blank slate represent and not their individuality or methods. Designed by Miyamoto as a coming-of-age motif to identify with, journeying as an ordinary boy strengthened by trials to triumph over great challenges and rise to meet evil, the name of the litter princess came from zelda fitzgerald mayamoto explained zelda was the wife of famous novelist f scott fitzgerald she was a famous and beautiful woman woman from all accounts and i liked the sound of her name so i took the liberty of using for the first title for the very first title early zelda concepts involved technological elements with Microchips for the Triforce made of electronic circuits, and a time-traveling protagonist. Another factor of their name relating to the idea of a computer hyperlink. While the final game follows a more traditional heroic fantasy setting, subsequent games in the series have incorporated some technology-based concepts,
2: mm-hmm. especially with this kind of Breath of the Wild. Do you have little Breath tablet. Of <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's got
3: like an iPad. <laughs>
1: And it links him to different points, and it's kind of cool that Link is the player's Link into that world. The so, uh, and also, I guess Robin Williams named his daughter Zelda after mm-hmm. the Legend of Zelda.
0: Yep, <laughs> Ugh, nice. I remember reading that.
2: That's crazy. Like F. Scott Fitzgerald is uh, one of my favorite authors, and I didn't really know his wife's name. Yeah. I, just, I guess I didn't really look into it.
1: <laughs> it's not something you would, you would need to know. Right, yeah,
2: never really thought about it. But it's interesting. It's not every day you get to hear about somebody actually using a real-life person as inspiration for naming biggest game ever.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, so the reception of the game. Uh, The Legend of Zelda received highly positive reviews from critics and was a best-seller for Nintendo, selling over 6.5 million copies. It was the first NES game to sell over 1 million. Well, in 86, there's not a whole lot of options. It's true. (laughs) Um, So as, you know, progressed at the time, you know. Uh, The game placed first in the Player's Poll, Top 30, in Nintendo Power's first issue and continued to dominate the list into the early 90s. The Legend of Zelda was also voted by Nintendo Power readers as the best quote-unquote challenge in the Nintendo Power Awards in 1988. The magazine also listed it as the best Nintendo Entertainment System video game ever created, stating it was fun despite its age and it shows them new ways to do things in a genre such as hidden dungeons and various weapons. GamesRadar ranked it the third best NES game ever made. The staff praised it its mix of complexity, open world design and timeless graphics. I wonder what they say for the first two as the list I-
1: that's what I was about to look up. All right, while you yeah. while you look that up, I'll go ahead and read
2: out. the next little paragraph because it has something to do with the critics real quick as you, as you look that up. Uh, the Legend of Zelda has received critical acclaim from modern critics and remains well regarded. It is often featured in a list of games considered the greatest or most influential. It placed first in game informer's list of top 100 games of all time and the top 200 games of all time in 2001 and 2009 respectively 13th in ga- electronic gaming gaming monthly's 100th issue listing the 100 best games of all time 5th in electronic gaming's monthly 200 issue listing the greatest 200 video games of all time 7th in the Nintendo Power's list of the 200 best Nintendo games ever 77th in the official Nintendo magazine's 100 greatest Nintendo games of all time, 80th among IAGN's readers, top 99 games. Zelda was inducted into the GameSpies Hall of Fame in t- August 2000 and voted by GameSpies editor as the 10th best game of all time. That is a lot wow. of gaming, monthlies, listing, top. <laughs> that was rough to read. Mm-hmm.
1: D- do you want to guess I've got the top five from the Games Radar thing. Do you want to guess the top two? All right, Brookwick.
2: is it... It's it's NES, right? Just strictly NES.
1: The best NES games of all, right, all time. All right, Mario
2: has got to be in yeah. there, right? Mario?
1: Yeah. A Mario is in there.
2: All right, Super
0: Mario Super Brothers. Mario Brothers. Yeah, Super the, Mario Brothers. Yeah, the-, or the original Mario. Mario Brothers game?
1: Nope. No? It's from the NES, and it was your guys' favorite Mario game of all time, I believe. <laughs> Mario 3?
0: Mario 3.
2: I thought Mario 3 was Super.
0: No. That was one, right Mario at the end, All-Stars. I think, of <laughs> NES. Yeah. That was number one? Mario 3?
1: That was number one. Nice. Number two, you you probably won't guess, it's Mega Man
0: 2. Oh, I, like, ah, I do like Mega Man. love that game.
3: I Mega mm. Man is a lot of fun. That is
0: my number two. This, this is my list. and I put this together? This is great. The number four is Metroid. That's,
2: that's a good one. That's a good one. I, yeah, good I one. don't know if I know the difference between Mega Man's, to be honest. <laughs> so, yeah, like the first three or four are kind of like... Which, which one oh, is this? One?
0: Yeah. Oh, shoot, I need to do a Mega Man episode. I love Mega Man. Well, it sounds like I gotta <laughs> play some
2: Mega Man now. Or, sorry, <laughs> replay Mega Man, <laughs> so I know what the hell I'm talking about. Can you play about.
0: that on the Switch? Um, I don't think that one's on Switch, but I have the anniversary collection, I think, on GameCube, which you could play in a Wii, if you got that.
2: I have it on the... On my Raspberry Pi, my retro Pi, so mm. I know I have them. So that helps me.
3: My Wii is gone. It got sold.
2: Oh.
1: I know. Oh. Uh, the first Mega Man release was in 87. so Happy birthday to me. There's an anniversary Happy coming up. Happy
2: birthday to me. Next year, Mega Man.
1: Yep. We'll do a whole Mega Man. Nice. Couple episodes.
2: Oh, 35th anniversary. God, I'm getting old. Holy shit. You're you're the youngest one out of all of us.
1: (laughs) (laughs) When you say you're old, you're saying we're all old. We're ancient. Yeah.
2: God, you ancient guys. My wife is like five (laughs) years younger than me. I'm dying.
3: Oh, my God.
2: She's not even 30 yet.
3: Uh, (laughs) Jesus Christ. God, that's awful. (laughs) I've been (laughs) over 30 for a decade, it feels
0: like. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Happy fortieth, <40th>, pal. <laughs> my
2: my body sure as fuck feels like it. <laughs>
0: All right, what are these pictures?
2: Before we jump into these pictures, uh, who here's actually played this game? But by, by a show yep. of hands,
0: a little bit. Nope. All right. I never finished it, but I played it. For I never some finished time. it. Either. Yeah,
2: this game, like. I know on a list there this game is listed as one of the most impossible games to finish. But it's completable. It's uh, because uh, I have a friend who has a 2 hour uh gameplay of it to you know start to finish. So it's it's completable.
1: Well, I've seen the people on YouTube that don't go in and get that sword and somehow still beat it.
2: Yeah, there's no way. Yeah. Uh me personally, I have a a guide that I followed to get all the things, like where all the hidden gems are to get the ring, Mm -hmm. get the sword, you know, the shield or whatever. I forget like specifics. Here's where you get the boomerang. Here's where you get the, the, Mm -hmm. you know, the lantern. So I followed that and essentially followed that game, that list until I got everything. And then I went through and I just blew through the levels. Uh, But I ran out of time. I mean, I wasn't like time constricted, but I was just like a sit down and I was good, you know, like that's late. So, that I haven't picked it up. I think I got to level 6, and we'll get to that when we jump around to it. But I didn't play any past that.
1: <laughs> That's exactly where I stopped playing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was playing it last night, and uh, on the Switch's, Switch Online or whatever, you mm-hmm. can play this game, and there's also a SP version, or I don't know, like a special ed version, that... You start with, like, six hearts and the magic sword Mm -hmm. and, like, the special. You start with, like, a lot of the good stuff to make the searching, like, cuts all that shit out. So Um, that's what I did because I tried to play it way back when I had it on the original NES. And I, I don't know. I didn't get too far, and I didn't have a guide. Without a guide, this game, I don't know how people played it back then because it is so hard to know where to go to, or like where once you get that sword okay I know I need to talk to people but I don't even know how to get to people because you got to just keep scrolling through screens to right. get through like enemies before you get to any like a town or a house or Right anything. it's almost like you had yeah.
2: to take your lantern and walk up to every single fucking bush is this? Yeah it's so you did <laughs> did, this? Yes. Nope. did this? Nope did it? Nope All right, I gotta fight this person behind me right. did this? No and then like like, is, like, your lantern stopped working, so you gotta, like, zone out and come back in and then try it again?
3: Well, like, I was watching gameplay, and how do you know what blocks to move to open, like, <laughs> the dungeon <laughs> stairs? And, like, yeah, you would literally have to like, go oh, up this, to each yeah. one and, like, see if you can move it to... Yep.
2: Trial yeah. and error. Or there was one... <laughs> ridiculous. Like, you get to a cave, and you you walk through the cave, and you pick a door, and it's like, oh, not the right one. Back up. Go through another road, and you're like, <laughs> it's like teleports you through different parts of the map. You're like, uh-huh. oh, not this one. Back up, come back through. Nope, this one. Back up, come back through. Up, this is where I want to be. And I'm like, how do how, how the fuck do I know?
1: <laughs> yes. And there's the lost woods where you could continually walk this and just keep walking through the same screen over and over yeah. the eternity, unless you go north, <laughs> south, north, east, or yeah, something it's like the, that. It's
2: like the the left southernmost point. And it's it's right below yeah. before like one of the dungeons that is down there. But if you keep walking to the left or whatever, you're stuck.
1: <laughs> you just keep scrolling through the same yeah, screen. I'm like, this over looks and over very
2: now. familiar. I should be at the end of the map here soon.
1: <laughs> it's like, how would you know to go in this specific order <laughs> without uh, somebody telling you? That's nuts. You have to literally try so many many different options because it's it's not like uh, you go one screen and then you go up one screen if you mess up you can go back no you start at the beginning every time so mm-hmm. if you mess up you got to be like okay now i go up and then left and the, nope that didn't work up and then right there's no way to know until you get to the end
2: yeah. i feel like this game has like a different feel uh compi- what well, i know it does like to these days if you if you gave us this game style in like a version of like witcher if you just like released a witcher game that was exactly like this you mm-hmm. would never want to lose their fucking minds
1: yeah it's like they're trolling yeah you, right? <laughs> so, yes. so
2: the the expectations of how to release a game or how to design a game has basically changed to cater the adhd minds of people who want to play the games and want to succeed and play and finish the games where Mm-hmm. Back, back, if I would have played this um, in the 90s instead of playing A Link to the Past, if I would have played this game instead, I would have lost mm-hmm. my fucking mind.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Even with a the guide.
1: Well, it, it, they had like they had phone numbers. like Nintendo had a yes, helpline that you could call did. and ask them what yep. to do next. But last night, I was trying. I was like, okay, it started with all this good stuff. I'm just going to... I'm just going to play. Nothing can kill me at this point. I've got six hearts. <laughs> uh, uh, and then I just, I just got lost immediately. I was like, where do I go? Like, I have, how do I get to the temple? So I went to one and it was like the seventh one. Yeah. It's like, it, I could play through it, but I like died instantly because I didn't have the boomerang or the, the uh, bow and arrow yeah. yet. Or...
2: I, um, because I played it on a ROM when I played it. I had I saved the state like outside of the temple and went in. And if I ever got hit, I'd restart the damn thing because I wasn't killing anything without the master, like, spin yeah. like, thing. Oh, God, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, w- I wonder if that phone number is still active.
0: <laughs> no. I don't know. It's like 1-900 Nintendo. It, I think it's a sex oh. line. <laughs> 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 Let's get it live on the air. <laughs> Perfect. I'm calling
2: it right now. I'm going to patch it in. <laughs> but the Switch has, like, a cool rewind
1: feature. So if you press the two left and right buttons, you can rewind like t- uh, ten seconds or something. So every time I got hit, I was I would just rewind and then be like, okay, let yeah, me do, try that's something a nice else. feature. Oh, so it's that. like
2: the Particle Thirteen.
0: Yeah, the what? Look at that!
2: A Galaxy Quest Particle Thirteen.
0: Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, Omega Omega Thirteen. 13. Omega there 13. it is. <laughs> yeah, Omega Thirteen. That's why
2: I was lost. Yeah, because I'm dumb. I know. <laughs> All
0: right, let's get through these levels. Oh, we have. We don't have to. That was just. This is just. The oh, reference. that was just there. Okay. Well, for our yeah. reference, we don't have to go through them all. Yeah. yeah. So how many levels do we have? Total seven.
2: I think there's seven plus boss. Yeah.
0: Uh, there's nine. Eagle.
2: Oh yeah, sorry. There's Moon. eight. There's eight plus boss.
0: Eight. Yeah. yeah eight. There go. Eight. Snake. I will say it was nice after coming back to this game. You know, you forget so much about it because my Zelda journey really started in Ocarina of Time and then every subsequent Zelda game after that, seeing the original characters, um, just even after playing uh, Link's Awakening and just seeing, you know, the little spider things that jump up and down at the big old mm-hmm. eyeballs and then the Lynels, finding those in here. I'm like, what? I forgot they were in the original game. Um, yeah. So it's just, it, it's so amazing that these iconic bad guys and creatures have continued. Since the original game, it's just it's nuts.
1: Those things in Hyrule Field that kind of grow up out of the ground and then have helicopter wing yep. thing. Those things are from the original. Yeah, I call them corn on the cobs because they kind of look like corn on the cob. And yes, kind of. they did. <laughs>
2: or or the pots that you can pick up and like throw, and there's like either mm-hmm. the hearts in them or uh, rupees. Yeah, my my adventure started Ba-dum. in Link uh, Link to the Past.
1: Yeah. That's the first one I played. Same. But the first one I beat was Ocarina.
2: No, the only one I beat was Link to the Past because I never got a GameCube. Uh, and I didn't get it for the 64, so I never had Ocarina or Majora's Mask. So I have like this huge window of Link games that I, ha- I have to play <laughs> before we get yeah. too far this year.
1: And those t- are two big ones for me. I like the both of those. Yeah. For the 64. Mm-hmm have you played
3: any of these games um link to the past was the first one i played but i, I never beat it but that one was like a four like almost like four and a half hour game yeah that's a pretty huge game yeah and yeah i don't i watched the gameplay of that one and i don't even remember like anything after like two hours i don't recall any
2: of it <laughs> it, t- it still takes me like a week or so to play that game
3: On am the snes classic is it I need to plug that bad boy back in. <laughs> like the HDMI wasn't reading on my, like the newest TV I bought. Uh, and uh, I'm like, what the hell? And I just never went back and
2: tried to figure it out.
3: So my, I might. You've got
1: until to November to, to beat one. it. <laughs> November's yeah. the anniversary.
2: Yeah. I'm going to look through these item lists. I don't recall getting too many of these items. Mm-mm. Like the magical sword and the magical shield are pretty much like mandatory, um, and then yeah, I think the I red ha- ring.
1: I started with a white mm-hmm. sword in in the one I was playing.
2: Yeah, so me and Keith started off with the wooden one or the basic sword. <laughs> well, in the what the first oh, time yeah. I played it, but well, la- yeah. last the night when I was playing yeah. it,
1: I, it's, it started me with the white sword, so I didn't have to go get the wooden sword. And the the power bracelet looks like a crescent roll.
2: It does. <laughs> That's what I always thought mm. it was as a kid. <laughs> I never saw that. I've only gotten the croissant. red ring. I've never gotten the the blue ring. They never got the croissant. <laughs> <laughs> um I guess the book of magic and the magic rod are like things that you just have to come across, but I don't remember them. Yeah. Ah, uh, the candle. I said lantern before, but lantern is in Link to the Past. It's just a, exactly. can, it's just a yeah. candle in this game, um, and then the bow and the silver arrows. I remember those, uh, but everything else is just kind of like iffy. I don't think I ever got a a potion. I just think I always went to the fairy garden and said, "Hey, heal me
3: up."
1: <laughs> Fairies are free. Why would I buy a potion for forty rupees? <laughs> exactly. Four hundred rupees. So I was reading that. Originally in Japan, there was a more religious tone to the game. Thus, the
0: crosses on the Book of Magic and Mm -hmm. the wooden shield. Because they said they went more medieval. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that makes sense. Hence the dragons and everything else, too. Which I'm surprised they really didn't bring the dragons back, but it looks like they got away from more of the medieval type stuff. Yeah, they kind of tried to
1: cut that out and just go their own route, I think. Yeah.
2: I mean, I don't know when that happened because I feel like a lot of these elements are in a link to the past. Mm-hmm. Still at that you know, at that point. But again I didn't play it in the sixty four game, so I don't I can't really tell you.
0: Yeah. Have we uh mentioned before about the flute and how it's the same from Mario three? I've got that uh for the music episode.
1: Oh okay. I didn't I've got know that. The audio but yeah it's the same sound.
2: I don't remember what the flute was for in this game, but I do know that you had somewhat of a flute slash ocarina in uh, uh, Link to the Past helps you fly or go to the next zone or whatever.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like the,
2: some, summon a bird or something.
1: I don't know. <laughs> in this one, the dig dogger or dig whatever, dig dog, dugger, mm-hmm. it, it, the old man tells you he doesn't like loud so- sounds, so you have to play the flute, and then he <laughs> kind of transitions to uh something you can actually hit with your sword
0: did you know i i looked that up with that bad guy apparently in japan they were there's the a microphone apparatus or something yeah. that they had that in japan you would yell into it to create the loud noise and it would stop so they left it in the manual in the american translation and it left everyone over here confused. Be like, it doesn't like mm-hmm. loud noises. Like, just yell at it. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? Yeah. We can't yell at my TV. It's not going to hear me. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. I read somewhere that people were, like,
1: throwing bombs at it. Because like, bombs are loud. Maybe yeah, this will work. <laughs> makes sense.
2: Yeah. I I did that first. Because I killed, uh, like, the Gliok and the uh, Manhandler. Handler. I killed them with bombs. Oh, and then the, the Doodong, because he'll eat the bombs. Yeah, you but have like, to kill much, him with a bomb. I pretty much, like as soon as that happened, I just started killing them all with bombs. Like, place them, and then they like, hover over them or walk into them and like, die. Uh, Gliok, I guess, was more of the master sword, because he's a two-headed dragon, right? You just kind of like throw yeah. the 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 swirly like magic at him. But I feel like Dig Dog I killed with a bomb, but it might have been after I played a music. I don't remember. It's been a minute.
1: Yeah, basically he he spins around the room, and so when you play the the flute, he kind of stops and just starts bouncing at that point.
2: Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Because I remember doing like the uh, Aquamenus without doing like every like getting collecting stuff, and I killed him, and I was like, oh my yeah. god, this is so hard. So then I like reading the guide, and like, oh, I didn't have to kill him yet. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> I'm used to like Link to the Past, where you you literally have to go and do things, and like step by step by step. You do this temple, you do this one, you do this one, but you don't actually do have you don't have to play the game that way in this one, which is exciting.
0: Yeah, and I think that goes along with the the Breath of the Wild and his original yeah. idea. It's just, it makes so much sense now. Like he wanted that type of exploration and that's exactly what he got in Breath of the Wild. And that's what makes it so much fun. And I think, yeah, definitely what he was going for here, but it's like, no, the technology is not here. There, you mm-hmm. can't, there's no map you can look at, you know, no idea, you know, where you're heading. And yeah, it's just confusing. No linear progression in the game on his simple yeah. 8-bit platform.
2: The James Cameron of his time. <laughs> <laughs>
3: So I don't know. Did we? I don't know if he mentioned this. I have. A, I pulled up a fun fact on the game. Okay. Uh, Link was influenced by a Disney character. Uh, can you guess which Peter one? Pan? Peter King Pan.
0: Yep. Oh, Peter Pan. Yeah. Sword in the Stone. is what I was going for.
3: No, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Says in an interview <laughs> in 2012, really Disney, Miyamoto explained that he was a big fan of Disney, mixed with the design and graphical limitations of the original Nintendo. Color palettes were at a premium and distinct shapes needed to be used in order to get the semblance of a character. That's why Super Mario has a mustache, for example, so that the nose could be distinguishable in that blocky graphics era. For this reason, it was decided that Link needed a long hat and pointy ears, leaning towards the look of an elf with colors reminiscent of Peter Pan.
0: Mm, That's cool. Peter Pan
1: was more... Inspiration on his look, and I, I think Keith's right with the sword and the stone because he yeah. literally pulls the sword out of the stone in one of the yeah. later games. <laughs> I think that'll wrap, wrap it up. up this discussion. We I think so. Covered the game, yeah, gave a lot of interesting facts, and um, it's definitely uh, important in the history of video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, This title specifically, but this whole series,
2: yeah. And if you haven't played it before, play it simple if you own a switch go ahead and do it online if you don't own a switch you can find an emulator and a rom even though i'm not telling you to do that you can do that
0: (laughs) is it on the nes classic i think it is yeah so if you got one Uh, of those one and two are on there yeah
2: just skip two but play one
1: i think two's worth a shot
2: well if you like side scrollers i guess
1: all right all right cool cool cool
2: until next time
1: Drink up and geek out. And geek
0: geek out. Geek out. out. Drink up, boys. You can sync that up, right? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. (laughs)